Let's say good morning to God here real quick.
to take a second to invite you this morning. If you are looking for a place to fit at life, I want to invite you to come hang out with me and the Life Kids team. You don't have to be a teacher. Uh, you can be a teacher. You know, we got people that need us to help with crafts. They need us just to help with activities. We need people just to help us to take the kids by the hand and walk them to the bathroom on their back and forth from class. We need some people just to help us to make sure they get snacks. The more folks we get helping us to do the things that we do with Life Kids, the more things that we can do with Life Kids and the more Life Kids we can have back there. We are growing back there. We are busting out of the seams. We had a full room in the big room. We had a full room in the little room. And we sat down after service with our hair sticking, well, some folks with their hair sticking all out, saying, what in the world are we going to do now? We got good problems, and we need some good help. So I'm about to pass this mic over to my sister. She's going to talk a little bit about the Life Kids Corps, but I want to invite you to come talk to me or my wife. Raise your hand, wife. Sister Cheryl, I love you. Talk to her. And come help us out a little bit with Life Kids. Amen. Praise the Lord and good morning, everybody. As you see standing before us, we have the 4 to 11-year-olds. And when we practice, we practice on Tuesday night or um, if time allows, on Sunday morning, we have a large group of students here at the church. So we get together. I teach them a song. And believe it or not, you all have, this is what, right here, what you see right here, this is the future praise team. This is our future praise team here at Life UPC. We have some very talented children here at Life. And that gift that's in them, we're going to keep praying that God stirs it up, that, God's de that he develops it, and that he brings it to fruition. And pretty soon, you're going to start seeing them up here. They're going to have a mic in their hand. They're going to be, joy be being joyful, and they're going to be praising the Lord. And this morning, they know that they're here this morning to celebrate who? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. And we're going to be celebrating Jesus through, through song and music. Hallelujah. So if we have someone and you feel like that is your fit to come in and help work with the children 4 to 11 on Tuesday nights and also Sunday mornings. Okay. Thank you so much. And at this time, we're getting ready to sing to you. God bless you. Are you all ready? All right. Tell me, do you love Jesus? Oh, yes. Do you really, really love Jesus? Oh, yes, I love Jesus. Tell me, why do you love Jesus? This is why I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Tell me, do you love Jesus? Oh, yes, I love Jesus. Do you really, really love Jesus? Oh, yes, I love Jesus. Tell me, why do you love Jesus?
Praise the Lord, church. Thank you, Sister Janice. And give our kids a hand. They're just worshiping the Lord. And thank you for allowing our ministry team, uh, Life Kids team, to work with your children. We love your babies.
And some of the things we do in the coffee shop, we're open right now from 10 to 10.45. Once we start our two services, we'll be open from 8.30 to 10.45. Please come out and support us. Um, don't go to the gas stations unless you need gas. Um, the things that we sell are sodas, candy bars, homemade muffins from Nana herself, Pop-Tarts, Jimmy Dean sausages. We even have um, Red Bull now. Milk chocolate, orange juice, and apple juice. And we're getting an espresso machine. needs lots of helpers now because we will be really busy. So if you're interested, it's an easy job. It's not hard to do. I'm more than happy to train you. So if you're looking for something to do, come see me. Thank you. Praise the Lord, Church. Now, my name is Patrick Jerome Whiters. Most of you here call me Jay. But I do lead and co-chair the Usher Board. Now, this isn't something that's going to make you as a song set famous for, because this is not what this is for. I want you to understand that. And I'm not saying this because most of these little people in front of this church will tell you, you know, that brother right there is going to say something to you. Talk about me. <laughs> Now, this isn't a bullying issue. It's just order. It's what we do. We help you find a chair. We help deal with children. Not saying they're un un unruly, but children are children. With that being said, we have to deal with adults too. Don't get it wrong. We sometimes can be unruly too. <laughs> part of the services up in this church, and it doesn't matter if it's ushering, the coffee shop, the praise team, children's ministry, we all have a place we fit in. Whatever you desire in your heart to participate in, to lend your time with, to donate of yourself in, believe me, my church will truly appreciate and So with that, I'm leaving you with this. Please, gentlemen and ladies, if you have a yearn in your heart to work with the ushers, the greeters, the van ministry, please either reach out to myself, Brother Jay, or talk to Nana, Sister Rose. Thank y'all for your time. With that being said, who came to give God some glory this morning?
And, and so, great time. But that's going to be the start. We polled you guys. We sent out a survey a few months back. You responded. Uh, and we talked about two services. That is going we thought at the beginning of year 26, let's move to those two services. So on that day, we're going to be having a 9.30 and an 11 o'clock. You pick. You, you come to either or both. It's up to you. And uh, we're going to have a great time. We'll have Brother Bankins, my pastor, speaking in the AM service that morning. And we'll have Evangelist Tim Green speaking in the 11 o'clock service. So both of them are going to be phenomenal. Amen. James chapter 1. James, the servant of God and Lord Jesus Christ of the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you are having a great time and everything's going right and the bank called and asked why you've got so many deposits and so few withdrawals. The credit card bills come in and they are, they're like, don't even send us any money this month. You're, we owe you. Here's a check. And, uh, and, and, and the job's like, you know what? Come on in. We, we, we want to pay you more, but work you less. It's where you make more. And the doctor says, you're so healthy, we, we want you to come teach all our patients how to eat right, how to exercise right. Count it all joy, right? That's not what that says? No, okay. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith work of patience. When we first come into, when I first got the Holy Ghost, man, I was so, I was high on the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to say it like it is. Right? That was my old lifestyle, but I was high on the Holy Ghost. I, I, I was, I touched a guy that I, that I laid hands on him one time. I hadn't been in church long, and he was full of the Holy Ghost. And I, I just instantly, I felt drunk in the Holy Ghost. That was just, it's just feelings that uh, uh, emotions that I had, but it was the Holy Ghost that was all over him, me, us, the whole church, and uh, it says. But but the thing is, I didn't realize that I had a lot of work of patience to do that I needed. There was a whole lot of work of patience that the Lord needed to do inside of me. I I had the Holy Ghost, but I didn't have it all together. I had the Holy Ghost, but I still needed to work on a, a lot of things. And, and it says, knowing this, the trying of your faith, it's going to work some things into your life that maybe you're not even aware you need. Maybe you're not accepting of the fact you need to work on that. And, and, you know, God, I, I, I'm good. I don't need to do anything on that. And God's like, okay, you don't say anything and you go through this trial and this, and the end of the trial suddenly you're thinking different than what you thought before you went into that the trying of your faith work of patience but let patience have her perfect work you can't rush the process sometimes you can't rush the process sometimes have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire Wanting nothing. Wouldn't it be so nice if we didn't make mistakes? <laughs> Wouldn't it be so nice raising kids 
we didn't have to sometimes apologize to them because we were in the wrong. I mean, just a perfect parent that said the right thing at the right time, never lost our cool, you know, all those things. Wanting nothing. <laughs> if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, tossed, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his way. I love the way James does this, you know, it's like, but let him ask him faith. Nothing wavering is very just powerful. And, you know, you're awesome. You're amazing. And that's great. But if you're one that wavers, you're tossed to and fro, don't think you're going to receive anything of the Lord. Right. And, and, and then he goes on, and, and I'll do this quickly. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low because the flower of the grass has passed away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. I love this. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God tempteth, cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Praise God. I'm going to stop there. I want to read James 1. Six, my main scripture that I want to focus in the ESV quickly. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable, in all his ways. I feel the Lord impressed on me to preach a message today entitled, No Room for Doubting. No Room for Doubting. Somebody say that with me. Say, No Room for Doubting. Amen. If our pastoral staff would lead us in prayer. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, as the word has been written, Lord, and delivered it to us, Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord, that you would minister through our pastor, Lord. Let your words, Lord, sink in, Lord Jesus, into our soul, Lord, to enrich in, Lord, our spirits, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. By your word, Lord, and by our faith, Lord, as we follow you, as we follow our pastor, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You will bring us through, Lord. 
We thank you, Lord. We lift up your holy name, Lord, and pray for the increase, Lord, as you give it willingly, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. You can be seated in Jesus' name. We used to sing this song years ago. It's an old Magruder song. I asked the praise team about singing it, and they, they were too young for that. Uh, so... <laughs> They, they, they hadn't heard those old songs and I went there and I, I played it and I think it was Sister Rose it was like I remember that and, and it was about the time we all got the Holy Ghost that that was popular but it says I just started living found me a brand new life changed my direction washed away all my strife I'm a newborn believer with the holy and filling just started shouting. It's been a while. I just started shouting. Got no room for doubting. I just started living. And that song, when I started, when God directed me here, I kept hearing that song ringing in my ears. I even had Brother Steve pull it up ready to play it. And they, they, it, it, it just didn't work out. But, but I, I've got no room for doubting. I've got no room for doubting. We've got no room for doubting. Alicia, it's good to see you this morning. Amen. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's someone who's wishy-washy. Could you imagine how it would be with the miracles that God has done in my life over and over again? If because he didn't do one miracle, or, or maybe not, he didn't do one thing that I asked him specifically, all of a sudden I turn and I start to doubt. And I start to waver because he didn't do this one thing for me, or two things, or three things. But I have to look back. And as I look back over my life, and as I look back over the life that I have lived for the Lord, over and over, God has shown himself in my life. Over and over, I've seen him do miracles, signs, and wonders over and over again. That I cannot, at this point in time in my life, I cannot afford to be wishy-washy in my faith, to be back and forth, to be a, a, a double-minded man that is unstable. If I do that, then all my faith is really in truly in vain. God needs people in this hour to be examples to believers. He, he needs believers to be examples to the unbelievers of what it is to have faith. Not somebody that believes today and, and then walks off tomorrow or believes God for a miracle this moment but gets upset when God doesn't do something the way they want Him to do it. The thing about Jonah, God sent him, and, and, and he got upset and angry that he sent him, and he began to pout. No room for powders, no room for doubters. We got to stir up the gift of God that's in us. We got to have faith. There's not room in this hour to be double-minded, to be wishy-washy. We've got to be the believers. And once you are a believer, then you've got to realize God wants you to operate in a new dimension of faith and in a different place. He does not want you to just be a believer. Oh, I believe. And that's as far as you go. God is wanting to take you to a new place and a new dimension. I believe we started the new year. God is doing a new thing. 
Praise God. And God is wanting us to go into that place. God needs people in this hour that are willing to operate in that faith dimension. That are willing to go past believing. That are willing to go beyond believing and faith. And start to act in faith. And start to allow their actions to be put on display, so to speak, for faith. You've got to sometimes have risky faith. You've got to be willing to have crazy faith we've talked about before. You've got to be willing to step out sometimes when the Spirit of God moves on you to step out. Oh, but I might look bad. I might look funny. I might, somebody might make fun of me because I'm one of those. We're not wishy-washy in this hour. We don't have wishy-washy faith. God has called us. There's no room. Say that with me. There's no room. No room for doubting. God's wanting to take us somewhere this morning. God's wanting to take us somewhere this morning. And that place doesn't have room for doubt. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. One of my favorite, one, one of my top ten favorite scriptures right there. I love it. Stir up the gift of God that is in thee by the putting on my hands, for God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Somebody just do this. I like to do this to myself. I gotta stir up the gift of God that's in me. And then kind of do it right there. I gotta stir the somebody stand and you stir and say, God, stir up that gift of God that's in me me. It's in you. God fills you with it. You gotta just my motion stir it up in me, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Acts 19, a beautiful setting of scripture came to pass. Apollos was at Corinth. Paul passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. They were disciples. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Do you think that you get everything at one time and then that you live for God the rest of your life without getting anything else? Or do you think that salvation is a process and it begins, it begins with believing, it begins with faith, it begins with repentance and baptism in His name and being filled with the Holy Ghost. But then it moves forward. There's more and more and God wants to show. Here Paul, he, he's handling this uh, like a master, he said, said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Can I ask you that? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I, I know you're a believer. I know you have faith. I want to ask you, have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because God wants to give you that gift. God wants to fill you with His presence. It, it, why would He want to fill me with the Holy Ghost and not fill you with the Holy Ghost? He's no respecter of persons. No, it's not like He wants to fill you with His Spirit and with His presence. You, each and every one of you, He loves you so much that He wants to fill you with His presence. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how young, how old. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I've seen God fill children with the Holy Ghost. Hundreds and hundreds of children. I've seen God fill elders with the Holy Ghost. And He wants to fill us all with the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? If you have not, you ought to think about it right now. You ought to just shut your eyes and, and, and just pray. Everybody shut your eyes and just pray, God, if I need the Holy Ghost, fill me with the Holy Ghost today. 
God, if I haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, I want it right now. I want it today before I leave this place, Lord. I, I want the power that he's talking about. I want the anointing that he's talking about, God. I'm a believer. I'm here, God. I, I, I'm a disciple, but God, I haven't. I, I can't mark a time that I can say I received the Holy Ghost. I want that time to be now in Jesus' name. Somebody lift the Lord right now. Somebody say amen. Shout it to him with a voice of triumph. Oh, praise God. Praise God. God, according to Ephesians 3, wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. God wants to do that. He wants to do that for you. He wants you to lay hands on somebody and they are healed. He wants you to pray with somebody and they are encouraged. He's called us to be believers. Praise God few weeks back, I guess maybe even almost a month ago, a revival started in, on a college campus in Kentucky, and it seems to have shifted our world, although a similar episode happened a hundred years ago in Kansas, I believe it was, that uh, they were seeking the Holy Ghost at this Bible college, Topeka, I believe, I'm, I, I, I'm not positive on that, I believe it was Topeka, Kansas, and the professor sent the students home uh, for the weekend to study this. And what he said, I want you to study is the Holy Ghost. What, what, what happens when somebody receives the Holy Ghost? And they came back. Nobody had received the Holy Ghost in this area at that point. They came back. And one of the students, or the students came to the fruition that one of the evidences that someone had received the Holy Ghost or the one that they could find, the only one they could find was that over and over they spoke in tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. Now they, these students didn't know anything about that. And, and, and then this other lady, I think her name was Agnes, she, she said, well, as I was studying, I saw this that they laid hands on each other. And if I'm not mistaken, she said, lay hands on me. And they laid hands on her, and she received the Holy Ghost right then with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And God just began to feel that whole place. And something started that actually started the modern Pentecostal movement from right there. And Seymour came in, and, and several others from, uh, as that spread around the nation, and this this that happened in Kentucky, it's not unusual, but it is powerful when young people begin to come together seeking God, wanting God to do something in their life, and it's spread through our college campuses. That's awesome. But can I tell you, that's not the, it's a stirring in the Holy Ghost. And it's not just happening on college campuses, and it's not just happening in other parts of the world. It's happening in the foreign missions field, yes. But it's not just happening there. It's also happening right here. It's also happening at 1301 Hinton Road. If you want to know more about God, if you want to serve Him more and more, this is the right place and the right time and the right season for right now. If you need a miracle from God, hear me. If you need a healing from God, if you need an intervention from God, if you need deliverance from God, God is here in this this place today and he wants to move on your behalf. We have to believe. We have to have faith. And then we have to put our faith in action. Whether it's by kneeling at an altar, whether it's by throwing our hands in the air and saying, Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. And we start
start to hear words in our mind that we don't understand and we release those words. Or if it's like Isaiah when he says, with stammering lips in another tongue while I speak to my people, and you start to have stammering lips but fear wants to set in and you want to kind of clamp down, don't clamp down. Let, that's the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost move through you. Let, let, let that flow outside. Oh, hallelujah. James says that you don't have to do anything, but James says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Sometimes it does take getting up out of my chair and walking toward an altar and saying, God, by faith, I'm going to meet you in that altar. And I'm going to come up and I'm going to throw my hands in the air. Sometimes it does take an act of faith. The Bible says repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin. And you shall, not you may, if, and, or might, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. I've seen people as they take that walk and that steps of faith and God honors that faith. And God honors that faith in action. We need the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, we need the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 tells us in verse 4, they were assembled together. And he commanded them that they should not depart, but wait for the promise of the Father. Whom saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then they wanted to know, they said unto him, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They wanted to know the signs of the times. They wanted to know what was happening right then. God was like, it's not all about what's happening right now. This is what it's about. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. You just kind of walk by faith. And which the Father has put in His own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. Would you stand up with me and would you say, I shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon me and I shall be a witness. Would you say that? Say that I shall receive power when the Holy Ghost came, comes upon me and I shall be a witness. Would you lift him up with your voice right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But pastor, in this life, walking by faith, there's so much heartache, so much sickness, so much pain, even death. Doesn't that wear on our faith? Couldn't you see that that would so eat those things would so easily cause us to become like that double-minded man. And the scripture that I the only scripture I have to answer you with is Revelations 21 and 21. Because God is in control and God is in charge and He knows everything. And we have to trust Him with it. And part of that faith is not just trusting Him with the good things, but trusting Him sometimes with the bad things that happen in life. And we have to have a faith that believes Him for those things. He says, 
I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. He is. And it says in verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. All the tears I've ever had, all the hurt I've ever experienced, all the pain I've ever dealt with. It says God is going to wipe away the tears from my eyes. And then it goes on and it talks about when we get there. That there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow, neither crying, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. God is doing a new thing in this hour. God is doing a new thing in this hour. But my problems cannot drive me to the place that it takes my faith to where I become wishy-washy in my faith. I have to realize that if I trust God with the good things of my life, I have to also trust Him with the bad things of my life. If I trust Him with the things I understand, I have to trust Him with the things I do not understand. If I trust Him when He heals my body and I feel healthy again and I go from not being able to, to walk, 15 feet without having trouble breathing to where God does a miracle and I can't and all of a sudden I'm ready to run and I'm ready to do other things. That, that, that's amazing. That's good things. God does miracles like that. I trust Him with that. But I also have to trust Him when I don't feel better. I also have to trust Him when He doesn't do the miracle down here but He has plans to do the miracle on the other side but I can't see on the other side I haven't been taken up there yet but I have to have a faith that trusts Him with the other side I have to trust Him that I shall receive that crown one day think about Stephen man at all? Do you think he was back and forth at all when those rocks were being thrown at him? Absolutely not. He was an ordinary man. Stephen was an ordinary man. He was an ordinary man that with God was doing extraordinary things. Can I tell you that we're like Stephen in that we are ordinary people and we are ordinary people that have been called to do things that are beyond our capabilities that are beyond what we think we can do. They are What's that song? People like me and I know that's not, but that's how the song goes, right? It's not. People like me and you. If you want to know what heaven looks like, looking like me and you. How it the room. If you want to know me and you. I love that song. I love that song. Ordinary people. Ordinary people. 
ordinary people. I don't want to say that again. God calls people with problems, ordinary people with issues, ordinary people with humanity and with flesh, and we all got issues. They might be different, but we've all got issues. And yet he calls the ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Things that are beyond your capability. Things that would blow somebody's mind. How did that happen? I, I don't know how it happened. I know it's God. Praise God. No room for doubting. No room for doubting. We are called to be witnesses in this hour. You are called to be a witness. Point to yourself right now. It, whether, whether you've been a member here for 25 years or whether you just walked in the door, you are called. Say that. Say, I'm called. I am called. God has called you. You are called to be a witness. You may be ordinary, but if you look around, everybody else is too. There's no super ordinary, super extra whatever people in here. We're all ordinary people. If I didn't brush my teeth this morning, you'd probably smell my breath. I'm not so extraordinary that I can just walk out of the house without brushing my teeth and using my Listerine and it smells so Listerine-ish. Coffee-ish. We are witnesses. Ordinary people do an extraordinary thing. We don't have room for doubting. God's done too many things for me. He's done too many things for me. I remember I've been pastoring this church for a few years. God told us to build this church that we're in. He, he told me that. And he said, and he told me, I remember on a Sunday night, he said, if, if you will build it, I will pay it off from outside. That's exactly what he told me. I don't know if Brother Steve was able to find, couldn't find a check. We, we had a check. God, one year later after we built this, God sent a check in, paid off the church, paid for a new church van. How can you doubt God? You know what I'm saying? When God starts to do things like that. This last year I had a heart attack. And I went into the hospital. I sat at home for like two weeks with a LAD Widowmaker heart attack. And it was completely blocked where it bifurcates and splits. And right there, bad spot, it was completely blocked. Meaning there was multiple areas of my heart that were not getting oxygen. They told me a medical miracle happened. I like that. People will tell you that when they don't know him. <laughs> and my, my arteries rerouted themselves miraculously. And the doctor said, you had 100% LED blockage, a widow maker, and you had it, and we've got a stent in there, and it's, we've got it now to where it's open. He was like, and you have no damage. I'm not sure the percentage, but I think, I think he, of people that had the same heart attack I had, 12%, if they, have, don't, if they have it outside of a hospital, which I was sitting in Cypress Creek, Ludowice, Georgia, if they have it outside the hospital, 12% survival rate. 
first thing she said, I'm not a widow. I am not a widow. Not a lie. I know God did a miracle. I know God did a miracle. God is doing miracles right now. Right now. I've got two quick videos I want to share with you. Brother Steve's going to put one up there. I, I just These are r real things that happen to real people that have happened to ordinary people. And, and, and recently, God is, God is moving. Since, since that revival, there's a stirring in the Spirit in our nation. Go ahead, Brother Steve. Our general conference in the U.S. was in, was in September. I think it was the end of September or first beginning of October. Let me share the testimony. Just remain standing and be a spirit of worship. If there's a need in your life or there's a need in your church back home, I want you to start thinking about it right now. That God is going to confirm His Word. His Word will not confirm. So I've got three kids. They're all grown, married, in ministry. One of them, my son Daniel, was asked to help produce the conference. So he's responsible for a lot of the technical side of it. I'm not the one who asked him, somebody else did. But was it two weeks before conference? His wife Kaylee slipped, fell, hit her head on the concrete, and suffered a severe brain concussion. He took her to the doctor, the doctor said, you're seriously ill. You've had a severe concussion, you need a week of bed rest. She had a black eye, she couldn't think straight, she couldn't sleep, she couldn't talk normal. She was just slow and sluggish even in talking. Serious. We prayed for her. I felt God say God that He wanted to use it as a testimony. I told him that. But still, she was struggling. Daniel, my son, put their prayer requests online. And within minutes, there were hundreds of people who said, We're praying. And that day, God touched Kaylee. Raise her up and her The doctor said you can't travel, you can't go to general conference. But God raised her up. She went to general conference. The nurse called to follow up. And so the nurse called and Kaylee answered said, Hello, this is Kaylee. The nurse said, I need to speak to Kaylee Bernard. She said, well, I'm Kaylee Bernard. She says, no, you don't understand. I need to speak to the lady that has the brain concussion. She says, I'm the lady that has the brain concussion. She said, well, how are you talking like this? She says, because I'm fine. The nurse couldn't believe it. She went to the doctor's office for her one-month checkup just to make sure. The doctor checked her all out said, you're 100% normal. There's no sign of this. He said, the woman who was in my office a few weeks ago was seriously ill. But you are completely well. There's nothing wrong with you. The doctor asked her, what did you do? Kaylee said, well, you see, doctor, we're Christians. And we pray. And we believe God will. That still happens today. God still heals. God still saves 
just about the goodness of God and our God is a miracle working. And you can hear it if there was a man that was working in the pharmacy come to find out that he was a backslider there. And uh, he, he came into the, uh, the chapel and uh, he lifted his hands up. And God filled, he filled him with the church of the there have been miracles that have happened, physical, emotional, and mental. We have probably prayed for 25 or 30 individuals, and those that were not filled with the Holy Ghost were touched, weeping, and crying. Doctors and nurses are shaking their heads. There's even one doctor that said that he did not, has never seen a miracle like he was in doubt, but God is showing him that he is the miracle of to the low 20s now. I have not got the latest update today, but yesterday it was 24. I'm here to tell you today, there's nothing too hard for God. He's got to believe. It is time that we look at our situation instead of asking the question, when someone says this one's got cancer, instead of saying what stage is it, we need to talk to that cancer in Jesus' name and say God is going to take care of it. of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. 
Exodus 15 and 26 tells us, I am the Lord that healeth thee. In Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that healed then, heals now. The same God that healed thousands of years ago when Jesus walked on this earth. He still walks in this church right now. And He is still able to heal you. Is there someone that has a need this morning? Would you, step, would you take that step of faith and step out and come forward? If there's someone that, that you've got a need, would you come forward right now and allow God to meet you? We have faith in this place. We have faith in this place. James tells us, if we are sick, if anybody's sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, anointing him with oil. But the sick has to call. The sick has to come forward. We've got oil. We've got elders. Do you need a healing this morning? Your healing is here in this place right now. Would you just lift your hands and talk to the Lord? Would you just lift your hands and talk to the Lord? God's been good, so good to me. God's been so good to me. God's done more for me than I've ever done for myself. He's been so good to me. When I look back over my life and I look at everything the Lord has done for me, He has done miracle after miracle after miracle. I cannot have a wavering faith. I cannot have a here today and gone tomorrow faith. God is doing a work. If you believe God's doing a work in your life, would you step out of your aisle and walk forward and ask God to move in you? If you need a healing in your body, would you come forward and ask God to heal you? If you need to be anointed with oil, find one of these pastoral staff or prayer team leaders or ushers, and they will get you some oil and they will pray the prayer of faith upon your life. God is a healer. God is a miracle worker. He is in this place right now to touch your every need, whether it's a physical need this morning, whether it's an emotional need this morning. Oh, God is here to meet you in this place. Would you come? Would you come? Hallelujah.
Maybe not as long as Josh, but he's got Isn't it great to be among believers? Among people that like precious faith? When we pray, we know God moves. We're not just calling on God to watch over God. We know that God is. And that He is able. Would you lift your hands toward these families right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
129 for Old Register Way, and that's in Statesboro, Georgia, all right? And the service will be at 6 p.m. this afternoon, as Pastor already mentioned um, a little while ago. His church is called, his name, the Pentecostals of Statesboro. If you want to look it up, and if you want to attend, Reverend Duncan, as Pastor said, is a great man of God, great preacher of God. So if you want to attend, definitely go out there and see the miraculous things that are going on. And please do not forget, we do have also our Carowinds um, family trip will be going on in April for our month of the military child. And remember, the rooms are $98. So I haven't called up yet, but hopefully we're still getting that rate. I was up to it last week. But we only had like four families that signed up. So if you're going, you can't beat a $25 ticket to get to Carowinds, one of the best parks in this whole region. Alright, so you want to make sure you get your name on the list. All we need for the room is a $50 deposit, and then I will be paying for it. Um, then we need the rest of the money two weeks before we travel, which would be like April 1st. Whatever uh, service is around April 1st, we would need the money by then, alright? All right, well, praise the Lord. Well, Lord Jesus, we want to thank you, Lord, for an awesome, powerful word, Lord. As pastor preached, Lord, that we have to be in field, Lord, with your presence, with your spirit, Lord, for the power. And, Lord, for us to be overcomers, Lord, we need you in our lives. We need the power of God in our lives. We need your hand and your angels going before us, Lord. And we pray, Lord, hallelujah, that we be obedient to the man of God as he has spoken the word of God to the people of God. Hallelujah. We also pray, Lord, for the offering that you and that we are about to give into this local assembly, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would bless it and bless those that work hard, Lord Jesus, and give back to this church without um, without, Lord Jesus, even the thought of thinking about it, Lord. We are thankful, Lord, that you're provided for us, and as we provide back to the church, we thank you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, come on up, go ahead and give your offering, give your tithes, give your blessings, and shake hands with one or two brothers and sisters before you leave. Go with God and be blessed. 